Welcome to Evolution Through Ascension. Are you ready? Hello, Sha. Hello. How are you doing? Wonderful. How are you? Good, sir. I'm excited for this episode of ASIM. Yeah. This ought to be good. I'm sure it'll have some weird, quirky tie-ins like it usually does. Always does. Yeah. Yeah, especially like where you left off in the last episode. This uh, this first bit just ties ties right into what you were just talking about. So I was going to read uh, three sections out of, uh, out of A Course of Miracles. Th- this portion is in the manual for teachers. Beautiful. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. So this first section is called, Are Changes Required in the Life Situations of God's Teachers? Wait, what? Read that again. (laughs) Are Changes Required in the Life Situation of God's Teachers? (laughs) Okay. This is going to be good. Changes are required in the minds of God's teachers. This may or may not involve changes in the external situation. Remember that no one is where he is by accident, and chance plays no part in God's plan. It is most unlikely that changes in his attitudes within his current situation would not be the first step in the newly made teacher of God's training. There is, however, no set pattern, since training is always highly individualized. There are those who are called upon to change their life situation almost immediately, but these are generally special cases. By far the majority are given a slowly evolving training program, in which as many previous perceptual mistakes as possible are corrected. Relationships in particular must be properly perceived and all dark cornerstones of unforgiveness removed. Otherwise, the old thought system still has a basis for return. As the teacher of God advances in his training, he learns one lesson with increasing thoroughness. He does not make his own decisions. He asks his teacher for his answer, and it is this he follows as his guide for action. This becomes easier and easier as the teacher of God learns to give up his own judgment. The giving up of judgment, the obvious prerequisite for hearing God's voice, is usually a fairly slow process. Not because it is difficult, but because it is apt to be perceived as personally insulting. The world's training is directed towards achieving a goal in direct opposition to that of our curriculum. The world trains for reliance on one's judgment as the criterion for maturity and strength. Our curriculum trains for the relinquishment of judgment as the necessary condition for salvation. How is judgment relinquished? 
Judgment, like the other devices by which the world of illusions is maintained, is totally misunderstood by the world. It is actually confused with wisdom and substitutes for truth. As the world uses the term, an individual is capable of good and bad judgment, and his education aims at strengthening the former and minimizing the latter. There is, however, considerable confusion about what these categories mean. What is good judgment to one is bad judgment to another. Further, even the same person classifies the same action as showing good judgment at one time and bad judgment at another time. Nor can any consistent criteria for determining what these categories are be really taught. At any time the student may disagree with what his would-be teacher says about them and the teacher himself is inconsistent in what he believes. Good judgment in these terms does not mean anything. No more does bad. It is necessary for the teacher of God to realize not that he should not judge, but that he cannot. In giving up judgment, he merely gives up what he did not have. He gives up an illusion, or better, he has an illusion of giving up. He has actually merely become more honest. Recognizing that judgment was always impossible for him, he no longer attempts it. This is no sacrifice. On the contrary, he puts himself in a position where judgment through him rather than by him can occur. And this judgment is neither good nor bad. It is the only judgment there is. And it is the only one. God's Son is guiltless, and sin does not exist. The aim of our curriculum, unlike the goal of the world's learning, is the recognition that judgment in the usual sense is impossible. This is not an opinion, but a fact. In order to judge anything rightly, one must have to be fully aware of an inconceivably wide range of things past, present, and to come. One would have to recognize in advance all the effects of his judgments on everyone and everything involved in them in any way. And one would have to be certain there is no distortion in his perception, so that his judgment would be wholly fair to everyone on whom it rests now and in the future. Who is in a position to do this? Who accepting grandiose fantasies would claim this for himself? Remember how many times you thought you knew all the facts you needed for judgment and how wrong you were. Is there anyone who has not had this experience? Would you know how many times you were merely thought you were right without ever realizing you were wrong? 
Why would you choose such an arbitrary basis for decision-making? Wisdom is not judgment. It is the relinquishment of judgment. Make then but one more judgment. It is this. There is someone with you whose judgment is perfect. He does know all the facts, past, present, and to come. He does know all the effects of his judgment on everyone and everything involved in any way. And he is wholly fair to everyone, for there is no distortion in his perception. (laughs) Therefore lay judgment down, not with regret, but with a sigh of gratitude. You are now free of a burden so great that you could merely stagger and fall down beneath it. And it was all illusion. Nothing more. Now can the teacher of God rise up unburdened and walk lightly on. Yet it is not only this that he... Excuse me. Yet it is not only this that is his benefit. His sense of care is gone, for he has none. He has given it away along with judgment. He has given himself to him whose judgment he has chosen now to trust instead of his own. Now he makes no mistakes. His guide is sure. And where he came to judge, he comes to bless. Where now he laughs, he used to come to weep. It is not difficult to relinquish judgment, but it is difficult indeed to try to keep it. The teacher of God lays it down happily the instant he recognizes its cost. All of the ugliness he sees about him is its outcome. All of the pain he looks upon is its result. All of the loneliness and sense of loss, of passing time and growing hopelessness, of sickening despair and fear of death, all these have come from it. And now he knows that these things need not be. Not one is true. For he has given up their cause, and they, which never were but the effects of his mistaken choice, have fallen from him. Teacher of God, this step will bring you peace. Can it be difficult to want but this? Ooh. What it was what it was talking about in that last bit, it goes upon the diagram for the homework homework assignment for the last episode. Mm-hmm. You will see this. You will see this message yeah. in that diagram to see where you are and what you're doing to yourself to keep yourself in suffering. Once that suffering is gone. You are at peace, and you're eternally free, never to go back to it again. Isn't that something? It's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. 
this is the last section I wanted to read for today. What is the resurrection? Very simply, the resurrection is the overcoming or surmounting of death. It is a reawakening or a rebirth, a change of mind about the meaning of the world. It is the acceptance of the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the world's purpose, the acceptance of the atonement for oneself. It is the end of dreams of misery and the glad awareness of the Holy Spirit's final dream. It is the recognition of the gifts of God. It is the dream in which the body functions perfectly, having no function except communication. It is the lesson in which learning ends, for it is consummated and surpassed with this. It is the invitation to God to take this final step. It is the relinquishment of all other purposes, all other interests, all other wishes, and all other concerns. It is the single desire of the Son for the Father. The resurrection is the denial of death, being the assertion of life. Thus, is all the thinking of the world reversed entirely. Life is now recognized as salvation, and pain and misery of any kind perceived as hell. Love is no longer feared, but gladly welcomed. Idols have disappeared, and the remembrance of God shines unimpeded across the world. Christ's face is seen in every living thing, and nothing is held in darkness apart from the light of forgiveness. There is no sorrow still upon the earth. The joy of heaven has come upon it. Oh, I love this. Mm. Here the curriculum ends. From here on, no directions are needed. Vision is wholly corrected and all mistakes undone. Attack is meaningless as peace has come. The goal of the curriculum has been achieved. Thoughts turn to heaven and away from hell. All longings are satisfied for what remains unanswered or incomplete the last illusion spreads over the world, forgiving all things and replacing all attack. The whole reversal is accomplished. Nothing is left to contradict the word of God. There is no opposition to the truth. And now the truth can come at last. How quickly will it come as it is asked to enter and envelop such a world. All living hearts are tranquil, with a stir of deep anticipation for the time of everlasting things is now at hand. Mm -hmm. There is no death, 
the Son of God is free. And in his freedom is the end of fear. No hidden places now remain on earth to shelter sick illusions, dreams of fear, and misperceptions of the universe. All things are seen in light, and in the light their purpose is transformed and understood. And we, God's children, rise up from the dust and look upon our perfect sinlessness. The song of heaven sounds around the world, and it is lifted up and brought to truth. Now there are no distinctions. Differences have disappeared, and love looks upon itself. What further sight is needed? What remains that vision could accomplish? We have seen the face of Christ, his sinlessness, his love behind all forms, beyond all purposes. Holy are we because his holiness has set us free indeed. And we accept his holiness as ours, as it is. As God created us, so will we be forever and forever. And we wish for nothing but his will to be our own. Illusions of another will are lost, for unity of purpose has been found. These things await us all, but we are not prepared as yet to welcome them with joy. As long as any mind remains possessed of evil dreams, the thought of hell is real. God's teachers have the goal of wakening the minds of those asleep and seeing there the vision of Christ's face to take the place of what they dream. The thought of murder is replaced with blessing. Judgment is laid by and given him whose function judgment is. And in his final judgment is restored the truth about the Holy Son of God. He is redeemed, for he has heard God's word and understood its meaning. He is free because he has let God's voice proclaim the truth. And all he sought before to crucify are resurrected with him by his side as he prepares with them to meet his God. Wow. Yeah, pretty intense stuff. We are the source of it all. Everything. So what do we want to do? Do you want to be happy or do you want to suffer? <laughs> Those are your choices. Yeah. It's just amazing we're not taught that, you know? You got to figure that one out. But each and every one of us have the ability to find these answers in ourselves. Yeah. Deep in ourselves. Nowhere, nowhere in the external world will you find your own happiness, your own peace, 
and your own truth. It's deep within you, starting with source. It really is. You don't need a book for any of it. All you need is space away from the mind so you can be your spirit for a little while Mm -hmm. to find the truth. Meditation, yoga, contemplation with the ability of being separate from the mind. Mm -hmm. Reflection, prayer, and prayer in in the true aspect of praying for truth and praying from the stillness. It's not praying for something physical that you want. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You are God's will and God knows what you want and how you want it. Mm-hmm. So depending on what you're asking for, what you're seeking for is what you're always going to get no matter what. So if you're seeking suffering, you will be given suffering. If you're seeking truth, you'll be given truth. All right. Powerful message for today. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. That was a good reading. Thank you, Helen Shuckman, for bringing this to the world. Yeah. Course in Miracles. It was well needed. Yeah. It was just one of the many that we have that are well needed. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. We love you guys so much. And uh, we hope that you have a, a good good holiday, good Christmas. Oh, yeah. And it's next week. Huh? Yeah. So be safe. Be love. Be loved. And just be at peace with your families and just enjoy each other. Yeah. Take the time to appreciate and love each other. Just thank you for listening. Thank you guys. Uh, remember, take take care of each other. You're, you are all that we are. We are all that we have. Um, and if you're if you're by yourself on the holidays, take care of yourself. I've been there many times myself, so it's a, there's a reason why it all happens. But I love you guys. Stay safe. Be good to one another, and uh, we will talk to you guys very soon. I'm sure. Yep. Love you. Bless you all. Bye. Bye.